Welcome to Culture Factor. I'm your host, Holly Shannon. Our new season looks at creators, innovators, and entrepreneurs. Why? Because the gig economy is emerging. Talent has gone to work for themselves. Whether furloughed or part of the great resignation, they've birthed the big idea, and those 57 million Americans are contributing more than $1 trillion to the U.S. economy annually. This is what the new normal looks like. You now have a front row seat to creator culture and into the places where the magic is being made. Subscribe now to Culture Factor so your ears are treated to some of the best stories around the world. And if you take the time to rate, review, and share this, please send me the screenshot and I'll give you a shout out on my show. Please reach out if you'd like to sponsor Culture Factor. It is your opportunity to be a part of a show that is ranked in the top 2% globally and heard in over 77 countries. Email holly at hollyshannon.com to be a part of this global audience. So welcome to Culture Factor 2.0, Kate Erickson. Thank you, Holly. I'm so happy to be here. Excellent. I'm so glad we got this time together. Uh, You're really doing some phenomenal things. So for our listeners, I'm just going to uh, give a little bio, but I'm sure we'll learn more about you as we go forward. Uh, So Kay Erickson is the engine at Entrepreneurs on Fire, an award-winning podcast where John Lee Dumas interviews inspiring entrepreneurs who are truly on fire. She's also the co-author of the podcast journal, idea to launch in 50 days. Her goal is to help entrepreneurs achieve financial and lifestyle freedom. So that's a little bit about Kate. I feel like you could probably fill in so many blanks there as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've got lots to say. (laughs) Good, good. So um, I'm going to definitely open up the floor to you to share that because I think you can help a lot of people. Um, The new iteration of my podcast really does focus on the creator economy that is burgeoning through the pandemic. Um, Entrepreneurs that are um, innovating and creating. So you are one of those and you help those looking to grow. So um, I'd like to start with um, what I actually unearthed in, in sort of a recent conversation with somebody is there's this divide between idea and execution. And your title on LinkedIn is creator, engager, and implementer. So you you are the person with the idea, but you execute as well. And I think, um, and I'm, I'm sorry that this is going a little longer, but if we look at the idea side of it as the dreamer or the visionary, and in terms of execution, at least I see this hiccup, that the final push being that they're stuck in that um, analysis paralysis before they really execute. So do you find that with entrepreneurs that are are stuck between that big idea and the final push? Um, or are they, are, are they stuck in between or, or, or are they just on one end of the spectrum and that's where you come in? No, I, I think absolutely that they're stuck in all positions <laughs> because I think that there are different iterations based on like idea, resources, team, finances, 
um, because sometimes it could be really great and easy to have an idea and get to implementation if you have the right team and the finances and, and the resources around you. But not every entrepreneur has all of those things. Some entrepreneurs are bootstrapping it and they're by themselves and they don't have a team. And that's where I see, uh, I mean, growing a team is incredibly difficult too. I mean, that could take years to accomplish. So I really think that depending on where any given individual is at on their journey and whether they have those resources around them makes such a huge difference um, because ideas, you know, as entrepreneurs and visionaries, I think, and creators that we have a lot of them, but having the focus and the discipline to actually zone in on one idea and follow it to implementation is really difficult for entrepreneurs and creative people. I agree. Um, I think finding the right team in there is kind of an interesting um, thing to look at because I believe, at least what I'm seeing, is that all of the communities that came out of this pandemic, you know, we're all finding our tribe, whether it's in, you know, podcasting, marketing, or, um, you know, building houses. Like we all, went and and really dialed in on our communities. And I think within there is the opportunity to partner with people and um, grow by bartering almost, using each other's skill sets to help each other grow. Um, do, you, do you see some of that happening? Is that maybe a solution? Um, I definitely think that that's one way to go about it. And I do think that that can work. Um, those communities, above all else, just having that support and other people who are on the same journey as you can be motivating, inspiring. The accountability that comes into play with that is very critical because so much of it too is mindset, right? I mean, that could be a whole series on its own because if you don't have the, the mindset tools to get yourself to where you want to go, I mean, that's going to hold you back as well. We deal with the imposter syndrome and feeling like, who am I to do this? And, you know, I'm, I, I got into this because it kind of hopped into my lap, but I don't know anything about this. I'm not an expert. So there are so many different things that will kind of push against us as we try and get on the path and that support from the community. And as you said, even reaching out to that community to either barter or, I mean, there are a lot of really great resources out there that are very reasonable cost-wise. Um, if you look on Indeed or Fiverr, there are a lot of people doing a lot of really awesome work. You just have to, again, it goes back to that focus and that discipline to like really zone in on it. So if you have an idea that you're trying to accomplish and you need help and support to get there because you don't know where to start or you're overwhelmed or uh, you know, any number of things, then I do think that the, the individual who can sit down and really dedicate themselves to putting a plan in place and having a schedule that they actually stick to, that they will find their way onto these platforms like Fiverr or Indeed or within their own communities that they've become a part of and be able to make a lot of progress in not a ton of time. It just takes that focus. And I think that that's probably the biggest thing that's missing is there's just overwhelm because there's so many platforms, so many opportunities, again, so many ideas. And if we can't really keep ourselves on track to one idea and, and getting to the completion or the achievement of, of seeing that idea come to life, then 
we're going to be stuck on a hamster wheel. Absolutely. Very well said. Um, you know, what I'd love to do is maybe look at Entrepreneur on Fire, um, your podcast with John Lee Dumas, um, as a model. So maybe we can walk into that. I had listened recently to a podcast with John and uh, Allison Melody, and he had talked about finding that big idea. And for him, his big idea was the podcast, was iterating about um, how to be a successful entrepreneur, but showing up every day on his podcast, uh, good or bad, to to really share um, something different with the world, a different methodology of getting there. Um, and you are also the brains behind this. So let's just say for the moment, uh, you know, I'm sure he was an integral part of it, but let's just say for the moment he was, had his aha moment and he had his big idea and then you come in and create and engage and implement. Um, when he had that aha moment, um, that was, was that where like you came in and built the infrastructure to, to make us like to be a support beam for what you were creating? Is that like your role? And how, how would you share that with others to maybe learn from that? Yeah, absolutely. So when John first had his aha moment for the podcast, we, John and I are engaged. So we are in life together and we're in business together. We were living together at the time that he had his aha moment, but I was working in advertising and marketing. So he had his idea. And the first thing that he did is he went and found that support that we've already been talking about. He hired a mentor and he joined a mastermind. Whether or not you have the finances to invest in yourself in that way to help you get started, you can go in online, any number of online groups and join them for free. You can look to those who are where you want to be, which is how he found his mentor. He went and found the individual who was where he wanted to be. That was Jamie Masters of The Eventual Millionaire. She had a successful podcast. She was a great interviewer. She, has, she knew what it was like to build a business around a podcast. So that was step number one is finding that support, that accountability, and that mentorship. Then once he used that uh, leverage of these people who knew who are already where he wanted to be, then he start, he launched the podcast with that help and those pushes. Jamie at one point literally told him that she was going to fire him if he didn't launch his podcast because he kept <laughs> trying to push it <laughs> because of all, again, all of those things that I mentioned before the imposter syndrome, who am I to do this? I don't know podcasting. I don't know how to interview people. I don't know anything about entrepreneurship. John had all the reasons in the world to not launch this podcast, but he had the support and the accountability there to get him there. Once he launched the podcast and he had dedicated to that focus and that discipline that I talked about, he was doing, as you said, a daily interview. He was publishing an interview every single day, which made him unique. Nobody else was doing a daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. So that helped him stand out. And that is also so important when you're creating something, you have to stand out. There's simply too much noise and too many other people trying to launch ideas that it has to be unique and different. Once he started gaining traction and momentum, 
then he asked me if I would join the team. And that uh, it was about six months into the launch of the podcast that I quit my job and I joined the team and became that support beam that you're talking about. What that allowed us to do is start creating more of that infrastructure, start creating the systems and the processes for the podcast that would allow us to start inter introducing products and services for our audience. Not before we launched the podcast, not right when we launched the podcast, only once we had gained momentum and traction with the podcast, put systems in place to help it run smoothly and gain momentum and traction to where people were actually listening to it. Only then did we move to thinking about products and services. And the first thing that we launched was a mastermind. And because of the support that I brought to the table and being able to research what type of software we needed for that, what would the community aspect look like? What does the marketing campaign look like? What does the webinar look like where we introduce this to people? What does it look like to invite people to join this community? And so all of those different moving pieces that you think about when you launch any type of product or service, John could not do that on his own at the same time as running this podcast. He simply would not have had the bandwidth or uh, the, in essence, the bandwidth to be able to research and figure all of that out all the while still producing a daily podcast. So that brings in the team and the support that, that we've mentioned already as well, that that's such an important part of being able to, um, to create not simultaneously, but to add to the services and the products that you have to offer. If you don't have that team around you to help you build that out, it's going to, it can still happen. Absolutely. But again, that focus and that discipline has to be like top of mind um, for you to be able to move on to other things. You have to have such a tight system in place to know that the podcast is going to still run all the while you go and create something new. That is a thousand percent true. Um, I myself have my podcast that I've been doing for about a year and a half, and I can attest to exactly what you're saying, that it is such a critical piece of the puzzle to what, for whatever you're creating to fine tune it to the point that it's a very low lift. You know, like all of the um, infrastructure is in place. You're not learning how to use anything. You're not learning how to do any part of it. You're just at that point where it feels almost natural and then you can grow. I'm often asked, does my business need a podcast? My answer is yes that nothing else is the fast track into thought leadership and being established and seen as the expert in your industry as podcasting. What's increasingly evident is that it's a branding machine. It kicks doors open for you to have conversations with leaders. It creates a pathway to partnerships and connections on a deeper level. You will not be your industry's best kept secret. Your ideas and business will have global reach. So step into your power. Go to hollyshannon.com to launch your podcast now. And now back to our interview. Because I, I've seen such rapid growth during the pandemic and because you obviously have grown during the pandemic, what has been a tool that you think 
has moved the needle most for the entrepreneurs that come to you? Um, I would say, I mean, this is again, more of kind of like a mindset and a focus shift, but it's the 80, 20 rule. It's really people who are figuring out what's working in their business right now and doubling down on that instead of thinking more, 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 I need to add more. I need to launch more. I need to create more. That's not necessarily the case. And in many cases, that's the opposite of what you should do. If you have something, if you have a foundation for your business and you are somehow generating revenue, no matter how it is, coaching, masterminds, online courses, uh, perhaps you're doing um, consulting work, whatever the case may be, if you are generating revenue in a way that lights you up and makes you happy and makes you feel like you're creating an impact, then you need to figure out how you got those clients or that, that product or that service, whatever it is, where people are finding out about you from, and you need to double down. And once you're able to figure out those three things and start creating systems around it, then it becomes the podcast or the mastermind or the online course or any of those things that you decide to add to your, your sphere of, of resources and, and products and services. And at that point, you get to decide if you want to add another thing or if you want to just focus on that one thing. But during the pandemic, I believe that the people who have grown their business and continue to thrive have identified a, a new pain point, perhaps for their audience. Maybe it's the same as it was before, but for a lot of people, I think that they've identified new pain points in the market, given how everyone's life and day day has shifted quite drastically over the past, you know, year and a half, and they've doubled down on what's working. I love that. So two main points, uh, your 80, 20 rule, um, actually it's three main points, the 80, 20 rule. Um, but more specifically identify the pain points in the market and then double down on your efforts to find the solution. Uh, I really think that's very, very cool. And I love that um, that's something that you help entrepreneurs uh, get towards. I'm assuming you you uh, sit with them to understand what their business is about and to try and find out, have you already captured the clients and you just want to replicate what you did and how to get there? Is that my understanding mm -hmm. of, of what you would bring to the table? Um, in a sense, I don't offer any consulting or one-on-one -on -one coaching. Coaching. Um, we are currently not doing group coaching either, but what we create through the podcast and on our website, we have free courses, we have paid courses, all of those um, work towards helping entrepreneurs find that. What, what's your audience's biggest pain point? What's the solution that you can create to help them? And how can you do an MVP of that solution to get it out there, to get feedback, to improve it? then once you've gained traction and momentum to create systems around it, to scale it and grow it. I love that. So all people need to do is not go on Fiverr or Upwork necessarily, but go to your website, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and there might be some tools that are free and paid uh, within there, which I love. Um, you know, one of the other things I noticed, and, and I'd be remiss if I, if I didn't tap into it, is the 50-day podcast. Um, and as, you know, somebody who uh, launches podcasts too, I understand the power 
of a podcast. And I go on and on about how fantastic they are because I love them so much. But I'm going to let you tell listeners why you think it's a worthwhile tool to use. I mean, for starters, the podcast is the foundation of our business. And I know that that's not the case for everyone. Not everyone starts a podcast and then grows a business around it. But even better yet, for people who already have an existing business and are looking for an additional marketing channel to gain, uh, grow a connection with their audience, to grow know, like, and trust with the people who will eventually buy from them, and to put massive value out into the world for free. I mean, I don't know of a better medium to do that with such a low barrier to entry. You don't have to get on video. You don't have to get dressed up and have a script. All you have to do is turn on your microphone and hit record. That's why I love the medium of podcasting so much. It creates so much value at quite a low barrier for the person creating it. So that's why we have created so many resources free and paid for podcasters to help them get their message out to the world, whether that be promoting their products and services, all the while providing massive value to those who are tuning in. Um, perhaps it's just a growth tool for them for awareness. There are a lot of brand podcasts out there. There are comedy podcasts, any type of podcast you can imagine. Of course, uh, I'm sure you could find it out there right now. But what's beautiful about the podcasting space is even though there are so many podcasts out there, the listenership is still on the rise. I think it's like in the 50-ish percentile right now of people who listen to podcasts on a regular basis, which is an exciting number because it means that there's room for growth still. There are still people out there who have not discovered podcasts. And the more that we can you know, put our voice out there and, and um, educate people around listening to podcasts, the fact that they're free, the fact that you can listen to them on a run while you're driving in your car, there's really just so much opportunity um, in the space. And so the resources that we have, you mentioned the podcast journal, idea to launch in 50 days. This is a journal that every single day will give you one exercise in order to get you to the launch of your podcast. You don't have to think about whether or not you're missing something. You don't have to worry about what your next step is. We've laid it all out for you in this journal, which is available on Amazon. We also have a digital copy that's a fillable PDF. So if somebody doesn't want the physical version for whatever reason, we also have the digital version of that. Um, we also have a free podcast course, which is eight video tutorials. It's completely free, hence the name. Um, and that will get you to, um, it's also an overview of how to create and launch your podcast um, through those eight videos. John created those videos and those are available um, for completely for free as well. That's fantastic. I, you know, I want the listeners to understand your success as well. I mean, we're, we're sort of talking about all of the infrastructure. So I'm going to let you feel free to share any of the fantastic numbers that the podcast um, has, because I think people need to, to really understand the scope of the fact that it's getting into the ears of thousands, if not millions of listeners. Could you share some, some stats about Entrepreneur on Fire? Yeah, uh, right now the podcast is over 100 million downloads um, to date. We see over 1 million downloads every single month. And uh, we have been reporting our income, the money that we generate and the money that we spend to run our business, to show people that it's possible to be transparent and to authentic 
authentically share, this is what we're doing. And this is what we're trying to teach other people how, um, how to create so much value in the world that you begin to have people ask you for things, you create them and people pay you money for them. Um, so our income reports have shared that journey of how we have created multiple products and services, given our audiences requests, everything that we've created in our business sans the podcast has literally been because our audience has asked us for it. And that's the beautiful thing about building a foundation where you're providing massive value on a consistent basis for free is people will start to share their pain points and their struggles with you. Our mastermind, our online courses, our coaching programs, the events that we've done, the books we've written, the journals we've created, all of it has been because our audience has asked us for it. So none of it came without that foundation, without that very critical, uh, you know, six, eight months, one year of just putting in the work, putting in the reps, doing the daily podcast, providing value. Um, and those income reports that we publish, I believe we just published number 95. We've been doing it since the very beginning. And all of that is over at eofire.com forward slash income is where you can access those reports if you want to look at some of the numbers. We're headed into our 10th year, which is very exciting. Um, to date, we've generated over $10 million in our business um, from the products and services and sponsorships that we've created. And uh, we're just incredibly grateful for the path that we're on, for the business we've created, for the audience that we've grown. Um, John and I were just at Podcast Movement a couple, a couple of weeks ago. And it's just, I love going to events and, and seeing our community in person and getting to spend time with people and engage and, and all of that. So I'm, I'm just really grateful for what we've created. Wow, Kate, I'm not even gonna ask another question. That was like clearly the mic drop, um, so well articulated. Um, I'm going to also just add here that personally, um, I would recommend to people, especially people who are on their own or very, very small team as entrepreneurs, creators, innovators, inventors, whatever you, you call yourself, solopreneur, freelancer, gig worker, <laughs> um, there's uh, nothing better, I think, than showing up to find your tribe and, and having a community and events especially like in our case, podcast movement, where we all met, um, they're, they're really critical components to helping you grow. So I love that you have been a part of that for a really long time and that you also see the value in that. So Kate, this was amazing. I'm so glad you came on Culture Factor and, um, I'm going to put in the show notes all the links so that everybody can find you and uh, all the wonderful tools that you spoke about. Uh, before we leave uh, this interview, are there anything, any like maybe masterminds or something happening pretty soon that you would like to share? Um, you know, I can't think of any that are happening to the end of the year. Um, for anyone interested in podcasting, I know podcast movements going to be doing another event in Los Angeles in March of 2022, um, funnel hacking live, which is a great event put on by ClickFunnels. that's happening in Orlando, uh, end of September, 2021. Um, so that is a great event. I've been to it before. John will be speaking at that event. Um, 
Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's all that comes to my, uh, she podcast live is happening quite soon. I believe I can't tell you the date off the top of my head. I think it's September and that's in Arizona. Um, so it's exciting to see events coming back. Um, really exciting to see people coming together again in person. You know, I love all the virtual stuff that's happened over the past, um, year and a half or so, uh, but it's can't, quite replace being in person. So I'm really happy to see those events coming back. I agree. I agree. I think it's so great that we can, that actually what's been born of all of this is that we're able to blend the two, that you're able to um, learn, educate, um, take on new endeavors virtually in the quiet, the safety and of your home. <laughs> and then you could go out there and take advantage of some of these other events, which is so different in person. Um, and you spoke also at Podcast Movement along with John. So just to the audience out there, I'm sure you find Kate um, as engaging as I have, so she can also be hired to speak at your event. So thank you so much, Kate. Yeah, Holly, this was great. Thanks so much for inviting me on. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for coming on Culture Factor.